0: Welcome to the Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. This is a show where we dive into the stories of black entrepreneurs and business owners, and we talk about their brands and entrepreneurship journeys. Let's get into this episode. Black Wolf Media Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Evans. Guys, I got a special guest. His name is William A. Adams. He is the founder of Wave Studios. Uh, Am I I saying that correct? Yep, Wave Studios. Wave Studios, awesome. Great, great. And guys, um, William's also big in the technology industry. Um, William, that's my introduction of you, man. I know you can do a better one for yourself. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people who you are, man, and what you do? Well,
1: I'm William Albert Adams, as my mom named me. And I'm a technologist, philanthropist, uh, entrepreneur. Um, I've been in computing forever uh, since the dawn of the personal computer. I I kid you not. Um, And I've just done a a lifetime of um, building businesses. I had my own business for a decade with my brother. Then I went off and joined Microsoft for a couple of years, 24 years. I just recently left. Um, to do my own thing again. So my interests these days are um, what I call tech equity, and that's getting um, Black folks, women and minorities, uh, an equity share of technology so that we can have some intergenerational wealth development. Uh, That's me in a nutshell.
0: All right. Awesome. Awesome. So um, first question I want to ask you, man, is you mentioned that you and your brother had a business together. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, this is way back in the day. So, um, my brother and I were doing early computer stuff on the. Uh, I don't know if people will remember, Steve Jobs left Apple for a, a short amount of time and created this company called Next. And we were kind of a big fish in that pond doing custom software development and whatnot. So, for like 10 or 12 years, um, we were just creating all sorts of software, pioneering and in, in all sorts of different ways. Um, doing some off-the-shelf stuff, some custom stuff. Uh, until we just really couldn't do it anymore. I mean it was a it was a small pond. We were big fish in a small pond. Yeah. And we did a lot of innovative stuff, which is all cool, but you, you can't pay the rent on cool. <laughs> so, yeah. so so I had to move on and actually go off and and join the Behemoth Microsoft. Uh, my brother carried on with that company for a few more years and he actually got venture capital and did some uh, very interesting stuff and eventually he had to wind it down as well um but yeah that was back in the the very first establishment of that company it was like 1984. okay way back and um, <laughs> we we actually got in the computer history museum recently they did a piece on us uh, down in silicon valley um because we were very few, there were very few black entrepreneurs in Silicon Valley back then, still today, you know, Um, so we're in the computer history museum, that's how, that's how far back I go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh,
0: congratulations on that, man, Uh, people, man, y'all definitely got to check that out. That's awesome, man. Um, So my next question to you, man, is how, like, you know, just take me back to the beginning, man, like, how exactly did you get into tech?
1: Ooh, that, yeah, okay, so way, way, way back. Um, <laughs> my, my dad was a typewriter repairman, and this was before we had personal computers. So the closest we had was like desktop calculators, were just being invented back then. And I just kind of liked that. I, I saw what he was doing with, you know, just repairing typewriters. So that was kind of interesting. And for some reason, I don't know, uh, I was just kind of this shy, precocious kid and, I was into like I had a little chemistry set and I had a little electronics set that I got from Radio Shack. And I would just play with that stuff. And and in my mind I thought, oh, when I grow up, I'm and I would take apart radios and you know, all sorts of TVs. Um and I liked all that. And so yeah. at the beginning I just said, I wanna I'm gonna own my own electronics company, you know. Um because we didn't have computers yet. Yeah. And then that just turned into my uncle actually gave me a computer, a personal one of the earliest personal computers. He said, "Here you go." <laughs> uh, he worked for the Navy and he had uh, other bigger computers, so he gave me his his first personal computer, and that was the beginning. I was like, "Oh, I can program!" I taught myself yeah. how to program, and I just did all sorts of little games and stuff, and you know, absolute control of a, a machine. As a twelve year old kid, you know. Yeah. Um, that was the beginning. You know, it's like, okay, I did that. I went to UC Berkeley. I learned a couple of things. We started our business. Um, we did software and we're I was just off to the races from then and have been for the last 40 years, basically.
0: Yeah. Man, that's really cool, man. Um, I I wanna know, man, like what was it like to go from having like no computers to seeing the first computer be created and then actually using it. What was that like for you?
1: Um, for a shy, a shy, precocious kid like me, it was like, you know, mana from heaven. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, Oh, OK, I don't have to interact with anyone. And I get to make this thing do what I want it to do. That's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, and computers are really enabling in that way. Even back then, they weren't very powerful. Yeah. Um, I mean, you have more compute power in the remote control for your TV (laughs) than in the computers we had back then. Yeah. Um, But you can do stuff with them. And that's that. uh, So I went from not being able to do anything to being able to put stuff on the screen, make sounds, control it with a joystick, you know, that's quite dramatic. I mean, and it, it's separated from the physical world because before that, everything was physical. You played baseball and basketball yeah. and football. You know, it was all very physical. The All the things you do are, are physical. And I was into sports and all that. But this was something different. It was something where you can make a machine do something, but it wasn't really physical, but it was doing something,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> you know? Um, so that was a, a a mind shift because at that time we didn't have that kind of thinking. The closest we had was television. And that was very passive. Right? Yes. Yeah.
0: So it, it was a okay. mind
1: shift.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question, man, like coding, you know, can you talk about like the evolution of coding oh, and yeah. compare it, you know, from back then until like to now?
1: Sure. So back then coding, um, It wasn't taught in schools at all because we didn't have computers anyway. So what are you going to teach? Yeah. Um, So I was all self-taught and everybody I knew who had any kind of personal computer was also self-taught. It wasn't until college that I had any sort of formal education in how to write code. No, that's not true. I I had one class with um, this company called Rockwell International. Uh, aerospace company and they would teach high school kids how to program in Fortran. And this was the key punch days. You know, you type code in, they punch holes in a card and they load that card into this thing that reads it and and runs the program. Um, So uh, programming was like that. It was all self-taught. Now these days you have a lot more, and we're programming in machine code, assembly language, This is very low level stuff. Yeah. Um, not even using, basic was a language that we used to use, but we didn't have Ruby, we didn't have JavaScript, we didn't have Go and all, none of that existed, right? Yeah. We didn't have HTML, we didn't have the internet. So none of the tools um, that you associate with programming today existed back then. And the quality or, or the, not I shouldn't say quality, the kinds of people who could program Were quite different than who you have today. I mean, common today is you have artists who put together websites without any code at all, right? Yeah, drag frameworks together and stuff like that, and come up with something interesting and call it code. Um, So that the the funnel of people who can do stuff with computers has increased, you know, a million fold compared to what it was back then. Yeah. Uh back then you had to be a pretty geeky, nerdy sort of person to really get a computer to do anything. Yeah. Um, now it's anybody can do it. You can do it with your voice almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, awesome. it's, it's quite oh, yeah. different.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you and you actually um you actually mentioned something about, you know, I was actually uh thinking about asking you as well. Um you mentioned like no code. So I wanted to I wanted to know like what are your thoughts on no code? Like you know what kind of opinions do you have on that?
1: Well, it depends on what you mean by no code, but I'll, I'll, I'll let's use Chat GPT since that's the sure yeah. of the day. Um, I would say that the way we're headed right now is that direction, where yeah. it'll be more conversational, um, and you'll be able to get things done not just because it's voice, but because you can um, if you can articulate what you want to have happen. That's the way it's going to go. All the stuff that we do right now today by typing on a keyboard and having specialized knowledge of, oh, I know this framework or that framework, none of that's going to matter within five years.
0: Yeah.
1: If that, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, because a lot of it, as we see with things like ChatGPT, the computer can just kind of do it on its own. You know, it's it's read the whole internet, so it knows when you say put up a web page that does the following, it's like yeah, I've seen that before. Here you go, done. Yeah, right. There's no there's no code involved. So I, I think it's uh that is in fact the wave of the future, and you see that kind of happening be, with all the tech layoffs that are going on right now. Um, you know, I mean, one is that those big companies are just trying to make more profit, you know, look good for Wall Street. But the other thing is a re- realization that it's like we've got all these people, we don't need them. Yeah, (laughs) you know and and i have colleagues who who've been laid off recently and i just tell them it's like you're not going to get hired back into that same fold it's time to do something different right so yeah that's what that's why i think about the no code thing it's like yeah that's that's the way it's going to be
0: yeah okay and i mean do you do you still you know Let's say the next 10 to 20 years, do you still see a use for learning code, even though, you know, no code platforms, different no code platforms like Bubble, you know, uh, Airtable, like even though a lot of those are popping up, do you still see any use for learning code?
1: Yeah, well, you're going to have, just like you've always had, there's going to be a stratification of of, uh, people and their skills, right? Like today, I still write code. I write code every morning and I'm doing some specialized stuff um, that I can't just go to chat GPT and say, whip me up a thing that does the following. It's like, yeah, it (laughs) doesn't. It it can't. So I'm doing code that is going to make it easier for me to talk to the computer in the future, you know. Um, And there's going to be a lot of code written that converts old data into forms that AIs can do something with yeah. you know like a lot of the world's data is in excel spreadsheets <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah. not in or documents pdf documents and stuff like that so there's there's a lot of code that has to be written to get that stuff in the fold but going forward um i think it's going to be um since we won't have hands on keyboard being the the thing that you get paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for we're going to have to rely even more on things like well what are your Do you have a degree in psychology or sociology or other humanities? Because we want to make sure that these machines serve us rather than us serving them. How do we do that? How do we express our humanity and make sure the machines don't just kind of destroy us? Yeah. Um, So I I think those sorts of things are going to become more common. Um, But in the short term, it's going to be about just taking all the knowledge all the tribal knowledge that we've gathered to date and putting it into forms that are is usable. Um, and that's going to take some time. So, yeah. those kind of coders will exist for a while, um, but a lot more people will start navigating with uh, uh, doing what we call conversational computing, um, where they won't be typing at a keyboard. I think that's, that's going to be just gone fairly soon.
0: Yeah. And, and, and when you say, like, conversational, do you mean, like, they're just talking to the computer and the words are popping up on the screen?
1: Yeah, or just actions are happening. And A, a, um, a simple example is something like digital assistants will be very common. So, you, we scheduled this, this uh, podcast that we're doing right now. Yeah. And, and there were people involved in calendars and all this sort of stuff and uh, whatnot. In the future you know somehow we're going to figure out that we want to connect with each other and we're just going to be casually talking to our digital assistant and say figure out a time that um, we can get on with adrian and do his podcast and it'll just happen right yeah
0: okay yeah yeah
1: and i'll be reminded on my watch
0: If you're a supporter of our podcast, then you'll love our newsletter. Every week, we give you a sneak peek in the upcoming episodes and the guests that we have featured. And we also let you know about exciting live events that we have planned for the future. So if you're looking to stay up to date on everything going on in the world of the Black Wealth Media Podcast, be sure to go in the show notes and subscribe to our newsletter today. All right, guys, that's the end of this episode. Thanks for sticking around. If you guys really enjoyed this show, please leave a five star review and share this with a friend, family member or co-worker. And if you guys have any suggestions as far as what to talk about on the show and who review, please email us at blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Again, our email is blackwolfmedia18 at gmail.com. Thank you, guys. Until next time.